Parenting is a full-time job, and providing effective support for today's teens can be challenging. The Parent Engage 360 podcast aims to provide connections and information from experts in the fields of chemical health, mental health, internet safety, and more. It's a comprehensive view on parenting, provided in a personal, convenient format. Tune in to today's episode of the Parent Engage 360 podcast series. Hello, and welcome to the Parent Engage 360 podcast. I'm Liz Burgard, Parent Involvement Coordinator. Thank you for joining us today to discuss the topic of money management and why it is so important to think about, discuss with our youth, and to know what is offered and how it's offered in Anoka Hennepin School District. I'm super thrilled to have this conversation with Holly Beaujolais, business teacher and business professionals of America advisor at Blaine High School, and Eliza Johnson, high school senior at Blaine High School, and the National Business Professionals of America president. Thank you so both so much for being here today. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. So Holly, to jump right into it, can you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself and how you became a, the teacher at Blaine High School? Yeah, so I, um, I've been in the district for I think almost 17 years and I teach business and marketing. I started off at Coon Rapids um, I taught there and then I stepped for a little bit and then I came to Blaine, um, I think it was like 12 years ago, but I could be wrong on that. Uh, I teach a variety of classes here from uh, marketing, hospitality and tourism. Um, I've taught almost every, honestly, almost every class that our, our district offers in our department. And then I've, I also teach uh, SEMS computer science principles for the SEMS program here at Blaine. Uh, I run the school store. Um, and we have an awesome new school store called the Bengal Den. And then um, I'm the head BPA advisor here at Blaine. We have, I have two other awesome advisors as well. And that's Jenny Berkmeyer and Rachel Bosman. And then um, I'm the CST for the business and marketing department for the district. So you have a lot of different hats that you wear each and every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a lot of roles. <laughs> I think it's so funny when you said 17 years. I feel like once you get somewhere like three or four years, you're like, uh, you have to like kind of count and add how many times, exactly. how many years you've been somewhere and somewhere else. That is so true. I was thinking about that. I'm like, holy cow, it's been that long. <laughs> I always have to go off of my kids' ages for anything. Like I think yeah. I've been there eight years. Um, so thank you for sharing about yourself and all of the different hats that you wear currently in Anoka Hennepin. Yeah. Elijah, how about you? Can you tell us a little bit about you and any how you became a senior at Blaine High School, the activities you're involved with, and kind of your next plans and your, your future after you graduate in June? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it's kind of funny, Ms. Bojley, that you're talking about teaching for 17 years, because that's almost as long as I've been. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 18. Um, but yeah, I, I moved to Blaine when I was in third grade, I think. So I just went through the elementary school and middle school um, and then met Miss Beaujolais. Probably, I think in ninth grade um, is when we started talking through a, a computer skills class that I had to take for my school's engineering program. Um, so that's how we met through one of BPA's three advisors. Um, and that was four years ago. So now I'm a senior getting ready to leave the program and move on to college. It's just so amazing. I know you guys have had a relationship now for four years and I um, watching you, I'm sure from a freshman when you started at Blaine to where you are now have changed and grown and learned so much. And then I'm assuming you guys have a really great relationship from that point and, and being willing to be here today. You guys want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. Yeah, I remember. I'll start off. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, Elijah, I mean, he's been a spitfire from day one. So um, <laughs> he's, al he's always been driven and determined, and he does not like to take no for an answer. And he proved that last year when he decided to run for national office because we have we have a very strong program here at Blaine and we always get lots of kids that want to run for regions and state. So we set up our own program where, you know, regions can be sophomore or juniors and seniors. Um, and then state is reserved for seniors because we've had um, state officers the last five years, I believe. Um, and it's hard to then let them run again and it doesn't give the other people an opportunity. Mm -hmm. So we just reserved that for seniors. And last year, him being a junior, I said, no, you can't run for state office. Um, he was our region president though. So he decided to stick it to me and um, run for national office. And usually it's pretty hard to run for national office if you're not a state officer, but they gave him a chance and he did a phenomenal job. So um, he's just a very determined young man. Yeah, I remember that conversation and I probably still have the text messages. Um, it was, I think it was in November when I asked if I could run for state office and I was like, oh, I'm going to be ahead of the game and like do all that stuff early. And you said no. And I was like, what do you mean no? But I guess it, it all worked out in the end. Yeah. That's awesome. And I know in a lot of our podcasts, we talk about having caring adults and having those people in your life that you can check into. And I think that that's just such a beautiful thing of the comfort level and knowing someone for four years and, and watching them grow and, and change mm -hmm. and being uncomfortable to ask her and her saying no. And you're like, okay, then. <laughs> um, kind of changing topics a little bit, Holly. I know um, you, you wear a lot of different hats at Blaine High School, but mm -hmm. money management is really important in all parts of your life. I have an eight-year-old and a nine-year-old and we they have cash and they have money. And so I think a lot about like, what do I need to be telling them? What do we need to be walking through? What are things that I can instill in them at a young age that can help them as they become adults and going to college and into the real world? Mm -hmm. So um, I know it's really important for students and parents to be thinking about money management. What are ways that we as parents or guardians can really support students at all ages to really be thinking about um, money and the importance of understanding it and how, how to save and set yourself up for the future? So I think this is a great question because I think right now we, um, we make a lot of assumptions for our students because things have just evolved so much from like when we were in high school to now. And we just kind of assume they know how to do a lot of things. And being financially responsible is one of them. And I have a fresh, uh, sorry, a sophomore and a third grader and trying to set them up for life after high school is something that, you know, I am trying to work on as well. But, you know, I think back to my day, it was just cash and checks and learning how to write all that stuff out. And now everything is digital. So we've kind of lost that aspect of it. And now, you know, students don't know how to balance their bank statements and they don't they don't look at their pay stubs because everything is digital and they're just assuming everything is going in. And I think we need to really kind of go back to basics with them and show them the stuff that we were taught because they could be losing money and they could have stuff being taken out that they're not paying attention to. Um, and it's kind of a topic that we work on in our department in our different classes, but it's still something that we as you know, adults are assuming our graduates know how to do this by then. Um, I think some of the things that we're seeing positively going on with states are recognizing that this is a hot topic and things need to change 
um, because of these assumptions that are being made. So we're seeing a lot of states starting to pass these new laws as well and having a personal finances requirement. Um, there's three states that have a finance class that is um, that is actually signed in the law, and that was Florida, Ohio, and I think it was Nebraska. And then there's a few states that have a personal finance requirement, and then some of them are implementing, trying to implement them as well. And here in Anoka Hennepin, I think it was about 15 years ago that we tried, our department got a group together. Um, we met with industry professionals, uh, business connections. We had parents on our meeting as well, or in a group as well. And we tried getting uh, personal finance added to our curriculum through our PMM class. And it made it all the way up until the end. And then um, unfortunately the board made a different direction. So it's fun now to see that we're actually seeing other states are seeing this as a big problem. And we were just ahead of the game, you know, 15 years ago, and now we're seeing that need for it overall. Um, and it's more than just kind of like a one or two week unit. We are seeing that more and more, we, we should have like a trimester class that's focused on this. And it's just more for our students because I think we, broke things down a lot more when we when like us adults were in high school than now because everything is so fast and moving with times and we just assume they know how to do all this stuff. I think that that's a great point that you made about like it's not a one-time conversation mm -hmm. and it does continue to change right like I yes. feel like even for me as an adult that I have to learn new things and remember bank account logins and where money mm -hmm. is and and so I think having that conversation often even for myself is really important. That's so true. So Elijah, you heard a couple of things um, from an adult perspective on ways to save money and really starting to have have conversations with our children or youth about it. How about from your lens, when did you start practicing money management and what types of things have you done to prepare yourself for graduation and then life after graduation? I know you are going to college, but what kinds of things have you done? Yeah, um, it's kind of interesting that Bojali talked about pay stubs and looking at your things because I haven't even heard of what that is. Um, so I'm glad that hopefully schools will be teaching this stuff soon. Um, but my journey with personal money management probably started around two years ago. Um, I've been playing the guitar since I was seven, so around 11 years now. Um, and recently I started doing more gigs, playing at more private venues um, and receiving money for my performances. Um, so a few years ago, I would have just spent everything that I earned right away. Um, but now I, I budget for the things that I want and make sure that I put uh, the money that I do earn into savings accounts um, so that for the future, when I need more money, um, like during college, it's there and it's accessible and available. Um, and I've also been learning more about stocks and bonds and different types of market investments that you can make. Um, both short-term and also long-term for my future um, once I'm out of college and really getting ready to start my life. What would you do, Elijah, if one of your buddies or someone maybe that was a freshman or a sophomore came up to you and said, I, I heard your podcast and I, I heard you started saving. What should I do? What would be the first thing you would recommend for someone to do? I would recommend opening a, a bank account. Like It seems to... To us, that seems like self-explanatory, like that's the obvious, but a lot of my friends don't have bank accounts. Um, they don't have a centralized place where they can deposit and take out money. Um, maybe they don't have jobs or maybe they just take cash from the jobs that they do. Um, and that's, that's kind of, um, I'd say 
I'd want to discourage that because if you have cash constantly, then it's easier to spend because you can see it. Um, but if you're getting notifications on your phone, like, oh, you only have this much money left or you took out this much money, um, I think that's more of a deterrent. So I'd suggest opening up a bank account um, and maybe signing up for a, a mobile app. I like that tip. That's really helpful. Holly, how about you? You mentioned that you have two children. Mm-hmm. You're third grader. I know um, they often maybe get cash for their birthday or mow the lawn or maybe get money for chores. What are some things that you would tell your third grader about money and money management? Yeah, it's kind of funny that you say that because she just um, asked me the other day. We're driving. She's like, so how much is your bank account? I'm like 12, <laughs> 123668. And I was like, yeah, like, I, like she just comes up with these random numbers. And I don't know, like, I feel like the little kids too, they're seeing all this stuff and it's making them more like aware of what's going on. Like they might not know the thousands of dollars or hundreds of dollars or what the difference is, but they do know that money aspect. And she does have money. She does get cash. Um, she stores it in whatever cre- crazy little um, thing she has. I think now it's like a Tic Tac box or something. But, you know, we just talk about like, how much does it cost? How much do you have? Do you want to save up for anything? Um, my oldest daughter too, she doesn't have a job yet, but um, she's aware too of the money that she has and what she can spend things on. And we haven't gotten her checking account yet, but once she gets her job, then we're going to be setting all this stuff up as well. So yeah, it's, it's different. I mean, I grew up, we didn't have much money. So our money went, you know, the money just went kind of back into the family. So we didn't have those big trips, but you're seeing more and more kids that are saving up for trips and all those different things that, mm-hmm. you know, I would never had, I guess you could say. I think um, both of you made a good point too, around just understanding the value of a dollar, right? Like, mm-hmm. like Elijah, what you had said, if you have the cash in your hand, you're probably going to spend it. But if you have it maybe hidden in your little purse or a wallet, you may be less likely to spend it. And then also understanding that if you spend the money, it's gone. Mm-hmm. Um, like you had said, Holly, my kids think like, well, it's just use your credit card. And it's like, well, actually a credit card, <laughs> yes. you have to pay that off to, or it comes out of your account. So having some yeah. conversations around that too, of like, nope, we can't just go and do that. We have to budget for it or make a plan and then we can buy things. Yep. Yeah. And I like that. Um, like for, she goes to Sand Creek and they had their holiday store was open and everything was listed on there, like how much you wanted to spend. And she kept being like, do you have that much money? Does this work? And and I'm like, well, how much do you want to spend on this person? So then it was nice to, that they were working on that budget at such a young age, whether they understood it, but it's still, they were making them aware of that, that aspect of it for their holiday store, which I, I really loved. Yeah, I, I appreciate that too. It kind of starts to give you that understanding of dollars and cents and think the cost of things. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, both, thank you for for providing those tips. They, they're really helpful, I think, for anyone who's trying to get started or just the importance of having a conversation around it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to kind of switch gears, and I know you guys talked about it a little bit, but um, Holly, you're the Business Professionals of America advisor at Blaine High School, and Elijah, you are the National Business Professionals of America president. Yes. Can you guys tell us a little bit about what that is, what it means, why someone would want to be involved, all of the things about BPA that people would probably need to know and want to know? Yeah, I'll get started on that. Um, So I come from Wisconsin and we had FBLA. Um, I, I can't come from a very small school and there was two people involved with it. And I did not get involved with any CTSO until I was in college, and that was DECA. So when I worked at Coon Rapids, it was DECA. And then when I came to Blaine, I transitioned to that BPA mindset. And 
I can honestly say like I, I, BPA is a phenomenal program and they're just doing more and more uh, to get our students ready for their futures. But it is one of the leading CTSOs, of course. Um, we have, our students have a lot of opportunity for different CTOs, CTSOs in our district. Here at Blaine, um, BPA is the top one or, or the largest program. We also have HOSA, um, but we have over a hundred members in our chapter here. Students can compete in a variety of events from you know different finance we have it and programming computer modeling medical and business administration and then of course there's marketing and, and human resources so bpa kind of pulls everything in from deca skills usa your technology ones and your fbla so we kind of combine everything into one um, our chapter also is very, very strong in the BPA CARES program, which is our community service projects that we work on. Our one, our longest standing one is we have been working with Pilgrim Cleaners for over 30 years or close to 30 years, sorry. Um, and we, every spring, oops, sorry, every fall, we do the participate in their Coach for Kids drive. So this started back when Randy Hempstead was in charge and he was the BPA advisor and he actually built that connection. And we've just carried it on through Lana Rice, who was the advisor before me. And then I just continued with it as well. So we have donated thousands of jackets um, to the Pilgrims Cleaners and we're just their longest standing connection. So I think that's really cool. Um, we also, about three, four years ago, um, we kind of switched geared from donating money and giving it to the children's hospital and that, and we decided to keep it within our school. So we focus on um, collecting goods and things that families and students need that are financially struggling or homeless. Um, and my internship program, actually, it was one of our students that took the helm there because she she was one of the students that she knows she knew what it was like and wanted to give back to the school. She said, you know, we do so much for the community for outside of the school, let's give back to Blaine. And that was what our You Have a Friend in Me campaign started and that is right before Christmas or our holiday break. Um, and then, let me see, what else? So those are kind of the big key components we have there. What I love most about BPA is just seeing the students grow. And we have such a variety of students um, that are in the program. You know, they range from your three sport athletes to our theater students, our SEM students are really big into it. Um, we have your, you know, top students in the class, and then those are that are just trying to find a place. And it's just, it's a great organization for people. Um, I like seeing their growth as well from their freshman year on up. And we always have students say that just joined their senior year, they wish they would have joined sooner. And they just, it just leaves such a big impact on them. Um, our members are grades nine through 12 here at Blaine. Um, at Champlain Park, it's more um, juniors, or sorry, seniors that are in that program. And at Anoka, it's the same way. And we actually have two students from Coon Rapids that are in our club this year, which uh, they're two seniors, seniors from over there in their engineering program. And they're phenomenal kids that are competing at nationals next year. Um, our students are everywhere from NYU to Stanford. River Falls, Anoka Ramsey, they have internships in a variety of fields as well from, um, I have one, he's gonna be actually at Robin Hood uh, doing programming over in California this summer. And some are in finance in Texas, um, Nashville, just kind of all over the place. So they are not just your business kids. Um, we take students that are in machine packaging, 
medical sales. I mean, it's just, we have just a great realm of students in here. So it really isn't an, an all, it fits almost every student here. And it's just awesome seeing them grow throughout their time in BPA. Elijah, do you have anything that you'd want to add from a student lens to that? No. Yeah, I was I was just reflecting back to when I ran my campaign um, <laughs> and I was in the industry panel interview and they were all interrogating me and I was asked to give a, a pitch on what BPA was and I was just wishing I, I wish you could have done that for me because you just explained <laughs> BPA really well. You're welcome. Um, I guess the, the only thing that I'd add to just maybe um, go down to the bring it down from the high level thing. Um, BPA is really just a business organization that's designed to take students who don't have a lot of knowledge or experience in business um, or in business related topics and just teach them and give them the experiences and opportunities that they need to be successful later on in life. So Ms. Bojley was talking about um, student development and growing through the years. When I entered the program as a freshman through my engineering course, um, pretty much all I knew how to do was correctly save a Word document, and that was the extent of my business skills. Um, and now, four years later, I'm responsible for leading and representing the over 45,000 members that are located all across the United States and globally um, in all different types of countries. I manage and oversee a $2.4 million conference budget. Um, I'm a voting executive on a national board of trustees, and it goes on and on and on. Um, and I know that that may sound impressive, but I'm not unique at all. Like my development story is the same story that all students in BPA have. Um, I mean, that's what we do. We, we take students and we give them these opportunities so that they can go into their futures and be prepared for whatever career they go into, even if it's not business. I like what both of you had said of, um it's a great way to find a place to fit in. Maybe you aren't doing sports. Maybe you don't know what your path is going to be, but it gives you some skills that you can use outside of high school and when you start your life, which I think is really great. Um, so maybe people won't be managing a $2.4 million <laughs> budget, but they will get some skills on how to do that, how to manage a budget, how to have some conversations with adults, how to look for a job, right? Like a lot of skills that we all need to be successful as we move into adulthood. It's true. When we uh, we just had our state conference in March and the judges were coming up to me and just saying how impressed they were with the students and thinking back to when they were in high school, especially during a pandemic and how professional they were and how they could hold conversations and the eye contact. And they just said, you need to tell your students like they are ahead of the game and how impressed they were. And even some of the other advisors were asking for some of our students' contact information because of the businesses that they currently have as you know seniors and juniors in high school so it they really are making a positive impact across our state for sure and nation yeah and nation yeah, yeah. i was just gonna say some of the national legislators that i've had the chance to talk mm -hmm. to um, i have a, a quote from one of them he said he can always tell who the ctso students are yep. because we're so much different um and I'd say more prepared than some other students. And that's directly because of our involvement in these types of organizations. Exactly. For, for people that might not know, can one of you tell us what CTSO means? Yeah. I don't um, know what it means, and both of you yeah. have mentioned it. So now I think I better ask for all of us. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, that's a great question. It stands for Career and Technical Student Organization. So it's, it's essentially 
Um, we're all nonprofits. Um, so there's three that are focused on business, one that's focused on health, that's HOSA, um, one that's more on like uh, workshop and uh, like uh, skills based things, that's Skills USA. Um, what else am I missing? Oh, FFA, which is agriculture. So really just all of these different main aspects of modern society. Um, we're just all organizations that break down these concepts and give opportunities and workplace opportunities to students in middle school, high school, and in college. Yeah, and we have, so at Blaine, we have BPA and HOSA. Um, Coon Rapids and Anoka just finished the International DECA Conference. So that was last week and they, they just got back, actually they just got back I think yesterday, and they brought about 20 kids that qualified and competed in Atlanta. Um, and then we have close to 30 kids from us in Champlain Park, or no, over 30 kids that are competing from Champlain Park and here that'll be leaving on Tuesday for Dallas. HOSA just finished their state conference and they will be going to Tennessee in um, June for their international conference. So, I mean, our, they just, compete in a variety of events and it really does help prepare them for the future. And we have some kids that are in BPA and HOSA here at Blaine and that just that cross platform works really, really well. What really uh, amazing opportunities for students mm -hmm. in Anoka Hennepin to really get to see outside of their, their school yeah. and get to really meet people that are interested in similar things or maybe different things in them from different parts of the country and the world. That's awesome. Yeah. And they can con continue on into college too. So we had some students competing at AR and BPA. We have we had some state um, officers at the secondary level in BPA, and then even like one of our old teachers, he retired a couple years ago. Doug Harris, his son, never did anything in high school, but when he went to um, college, he competed at the collegiate level for DECA, and he got all kinds of scholarships. And he was just phenomenal when it came to um, marketing the marketing events there, and ended up with really good job offers and internships from it. Well, and the skills that you guys are talking about that students learn through these opportunities is also amazing. And I, uh, Tim and I, through the podcast, get to work with some really awesome students. And it is just mind-blowing how smart students are and articulate and yeah. the things that, that you are prepared for when you leave high school now is so different than when I was in school, or I'm yeah. assuming you too, Holly. <laughs> we had FBLA, so <laughs> the two Sarahs were involved. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Um, Elijah, so next year you were attending Harvard. That's quite amazing, and I am proud of all of the things that you've done to get there and to be accepted into Harvard. Can you tell us a little bit about that and why you chose to go to Harvard and your future aspirations? Sure, yeah, and thank you so much. Um, Harvard was my top choice because research um, and science and really just inquisition is a really high priority for me. Um, and Harvard is fortunate enough to have, um, I guess, extremely deep pockets with research. <laughs> um, so they have, they have opportunities to provide undergraduate and graduate students with research opportunities that other schools may not be fortunate enough to have. Um, so that was a big drawing point for me. Um, and also some of the professors that teach there, like I've been learning about different economic principles, um, which will be my, my major economics. Um, they've written several of the books and lectures that I've read um, and went through. So it'll be a great opportunity to learn from these individuals who are kind of um, what I see as role models. And then also 
I'd say some of the extracurricular groups. Um, like for example, there's a venture capitalist group at Harvard. It's like 75 students. They're responsible for managing, I think it was like $25 billion. And that just completely blows my mind that a group of students um, is one capable of doing that and two that an institution trusts students to have that level of responsibility. Um, so really all three of those things is what drew me to the college. And it sounds like you've taken a lot of amazing courses and had some opportunity, great opportunities through Blaine High School and the school district that have helped you to develop who you are and figure out what you're interested in and to, to get into Harvard. That's really a beautiful, amazing story. Yeah, definitely. Um, all of my classes, like I'll be majoring in what's what would be considered a, a business major, I suppose. But even my engineering classes, science classes, really anything that you take in high school um, is such great preparation. So all of my coursework combined with being in a, a college preparatory organization like BPA, um, that's, that's really uh, what I think has allowed me to be successful, I suppose. Holly, are there any additional um, classes or options that students have if they're not in BPA? To, to really get money management skills or really to help to prepare them for their next step when they graduate high school? Because inevitably, we all get to that stage of our life where we have to get a job and, and figure out what our next steps are and who we're going to be as an adult. Yeah, we um, in our department, we actually do have two classes and um, they are personal money management and then honors building wealth through investments. Um, PMM is one of our top classes, along with keyboarding in our district across, I mean, across every school. Those are our top um, enrolled in classes. Um, PMM, that covers everything you need to know from the basics, um, just starting with the basics to be financially responsible. So it's a really good starter class to take. Um, they cover everything from budgeting to loans, balancing your checking accounts. We do still do checks because we still write checks. Um, and it's funny whenever kids turn in checks for BPA, I'm just like, oh my God, like let's sit down and work through this. Uh, and it's just, it's a good skill to have. They might not write many, but at least they can write them. And then we also transition to more of virtual banking, uh, digital banking and making sure they're checking things and cross-checking it all over. Um, and to be honest, like this covers everything that can benefit them in high school, but then prepare them afterwards. And our seniors, they always say, you know, we always ask them, like, what are the classes that you kind of found most useful in high school and like, how can we be better? And the number, the two that they always say is keyboarding and PMM. And those, I feel like, are two of the classes that we think they know everything about, but it really helps them um, kind of hone in. Uh, the other class would be that Honors Building Wealth class, and that is a really good class to take as well. And that focuses more on their future of planning. And at the end of the class, they actually leave with an investment portfolio and analysis. Um, the portfolio is uh, of investments. They're going to learn how to um, get the return on investments, and they have to re receive like an actual achieve an actual retirement kind of fund before they're done with it, um, a certain level. Sorry, a certain return. And then. They also learn about diversification, of course, in the market, stocks, bonds, funds, IRA, health accounts, and more. Um, and these two classes are things, I mean, truly, when you think about it, it's helpful to everyone. Even if they don't take that honors class, it's still that PMM class covers so much 
that helps them if they're planning on moving out and getting those loans and renting an apartment and how to read a contract and and just kind of covers a lot of good basics on there that they can use and apply outside of school. So I'd say those are the two top ones. Thank you for that. Uh, are there any other takeaways for parents and students that either of you have for that are listening to this podcast today? To get that advertising and I'd say join BPA <laughs> or any of the, the other CTSOs. I mean, I'm of course I'm biased because I'm the president, but really any organization like BPA, any CTSO, we all do the same thing. Like we, we take in students and we prepare them for the future. Um, school is great, but it's limited in its applications to the future. Um, like we, we were talking about how there needs to be a finance class that's mandatory across the United States. Um, skills like that, life skills that are necessary to be successful in the future, those are taught in CTSOs. Um, so the greatest advice I've had, I would have for parents is um, encourage your children to maybe join one of these organizations. Yeah, and I would say, um, I think it's like we're important, it's important because we're setting up our students for success after high school, like that's all of our goals as teachers and as families and everything. And I think we just need to, from the top down, you know, our kids are growing up so fast, so we keep assuming they know all these things, but in the end, they're still high school students, they're still middle school students, and we have to teach them. I mean, they might know the ins and outs of TikTok, but being financially responsible and being able to have some of these skills our advisory boards are telling us, you know, we're slacking in these spots. Like we, yes, they know how to turn on the phone, but can they save a file doc? Can they save a document, right? Can they, you know, look at their bank statement and know how it works? Like those little things that we're skipping because we're assuming that they know it all already. So I think, you know, in the end, they're still high school kids and they come from a variety of backgrounds. They come from a variety of support systems and it's our job to kind of help them gauge or help them in the future. Um, the finance and computer proficiency are things that we're kind of taking for granted and our graduates are getting impacted by those and they're going to have to retake some other classes and relearn those skills. And the lucky thing for our district, our students, is that our district has so many classes that they can take and they can choose from. And as adults, I think we need to, as parents and adults, we need to kind of steer them in those directions as well. You know, my daughter, I made it very clear to her you know, these are the classes that you're going to take. You will take keyboarding, you will take PMM, you are going to take computer applications, and you will probably take business management. And she wants to be a child psychologist or a therapist, like she wants to go in that realm. But I explained to her, you know, you're going to need to know finance. So if you want to go in there, then you probably should take accounting as well um, to get that experience with it. And you're going to be typing up documents and you have to log all this stuff. So I just kind of reiterated why these classes are important for her to get the basics of it. And when she goes to college, she can implement more of that stuff, but it's setting her up for the future. And, you know, after all the high school, the ball's in our hands when it comes to the opportunities we have, and, you know, they might not want to take them, but it's us as adults that are have the better lens on it. We say, you know, this is why you should take that class. So it might be a tough conversation, but it's a good one to have in making sure they're taking the right classes. And believe me, I came from a sports family, so I would have loved to have power volleyball. That would have been something I signed up for, but I also knew like my parents made sure I took specific classes as well. So it's kind of funny. I just want to say thank you so much for both of you for being here today and sharing um, from a student lens. Uh, Elijah, I, 
just listening to you talk and your story and your path is mind-blowing and thank you so much for being here today and holly thank you for working in the district 17 years and and wearing many different hats and really supporting students like elijah to be the the most amazing people when they leave our school district and and providing opportunities that maybe they don't have during the school day so thank you so much for being here today thank you for having us thanks for having us thank you for listening this resource is produced as a partnership between the Anoka Hennepin Parent Engagement Program and Student Services Department. Be sure to check out additional episodes in the Parent Engage 360 podcast series. For more information or to share feedback, visit ahschools.us slash parentengage360.